Hi everyone, we're excited to finally present these guest episodes to you, but keep in mind this interview was recorded on August 18th, 2020 during all the craziness. Also, there appeared to be some background noise and it was hard to hear at times during the podcast. We really did try our best to limit that, but keep that in mind when listening. Uh, without further ado, here's the episode with Eric Weicker. Welcome to Pixel Perfect Podcast, where we focus on how creatives learn from their mistakes and how those mistakes have shaped and contributed to their success. During the course of our talk, we'd be interested in finding out more about our guest design, quote unquote failures, and process, and then when, and then want them to share with the with the world. Uh, <laughs> um, we hope our guest stories and messages will inspire creative minds to pursue their calling. Thank you, Brad, for a brief introduction about Pixel Perfect. Um, today, we are very excited and pleased to introduce our guest, Eric Weinkert. Eric is currently an associate creative director at Palace Studio, a creative agency based in Boston that focuses on bringing, bringing engaging strategies across branding, product, and marketing for a large spectrum of client industries. Besides, he and his co-founder, Ryan Aruda, founded Base State Design Shop in 2017, a design community in the New England area that has grown more than 300 members and is still counting. He also owns his personal studio, EGW, where he specializes in brand identity, print design, and digital web design and development. His clients include Botanica Music Festival, Monster Hockey Sticks, Mac, Anthony Cooks, Good Parallel, and Rovio, for those of you who don't know, Rovio is a game development company that created Angry Birds, um, a very popular mobile game. Um, Hobby-wise, and also a fun fact, Eric is a huge snowboarding fan, and we bet a great snowboarder as well. With a love for snowboarding combined with his creative design thinking, Eric has earned not only a snowboard instructor certificate, but also went on to become a graphic designer at Rhythm Snowboard, where, of course, both his hobbies came together beautifully and professionally. Prior to his design career, Eric went on to Fitchburg State University for his Bachelor of Science in Graphic Design, Interactive Media, and Professional Communication degree. What an amazing journey Eric has adventured so far, and we are sure that you will share his experience and expertise with us today. Um, with that said, and without any further ado, Please welcome to the show, Eric Weinkert. Thank you, Eric, for being here. Of course, my pleasure. Um, how, are, how are you doing, or how are you holding up now? Uh, doing all right. Getting used to the new normal. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I feel like, uh, based on, you know, the studio side of Pilot, uh, where I work, our, uh, our clients are starting to return to some level of normalcy. We're seeing an influx of work coming in. Uh, so. Yeah, things are pretty good. We're staying busy, working on some fun stuff. Can't really complain. 
That's great. Um, yeah. So have you been working from home or do you have to go to your office often? Uh, I've been mostly working from home. Uh, yeah, that's good. A small group that is um, in and out of our studio uh, in the seaport. Uh, as a team, you know, it's open for anyone to come and work out of the office. Um, but since mostly we are all remote right now, it just doesn't mm-hmm. sense to uh, be remote with the team. We're definitely uh, we're a studio that you know, uh, thrives on collaborations. So when we can all be in ring, it's really beneficial. But yeah. half of us are, are more remote than um, you know, trying to lean into kind of our, our remote ways of working and make that work for everybody and find new ways to collaborate. It's really a what seems to be kind of working best right now. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 I can't believe that it's, it's been, um, you know, with the pandemic going on, it, it must have been hard for everybody. Um, and um, it's a good sign that um, business businesses start coming back yeah, now. Um, so definitely. Absolutely. Do you think this is like, I mean, obviously it's changed the way you work, but do you think this is like this? You found new strategies uh, for when everyone does come back in person. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know, our studio is um, you know it's pretty much one big room. Um, yeah. We have maybe twenty five or so um, you know people all together, and it's it's amazing because you know you have this kind of energy every day, and you have this level of collaboration that you know. You, you don't get the same thing when everyone's behind the screen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. as, you know, as you move to a more remote model, you kind of learn the, you know, maybe the things that you had a band-aid on from a procedural standpoint, uh, that was just kind of easy since you're all in the same room, maybe you were catching communication errors or, you know, process errors or, you know, things that um, maybe you don't notice aren't moving as efficiently because you're kind of all around each other. Right. So then interesting as we, you know, so you move kind of, you know, obviously forced to go to a remote model uh, and take our processes, you know, outside of the same room to, you know, to a much more uh, slack and yeah. Yeah. kind of driven, uh, you know, workflow and scenarios where we can improve and uh, also taught us kind of how important that in-person collaboration is. It's really cool. Yeah, I gotta say that, um, I gotta say that I like the, the whiteboard or the, the thing at the office more than um you know digital slack channel things because by touching things around the office and showing you know uh sketches and stuff it's just it's, it's more real to me <laughs> so um yeah, yeah. yeah definitely miss that for sure <laughs> yeah all right so we're gonna start with the hard-hitting question first here just to get it out of the way uh yeah. tell uh, this is kind of what we're, as you can tell, this is probably what we're, we're our podcast is all about is, uh, what is your biggest mistake in design career? We're all about embracing mistakes, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, right on. Uh, so when you guys sent over this you know, question ahead of time, I, I gave it some thought and made me realize that there's definitely been a lot of mistakes in my career, but I think that you know, those are the things that you grow from, right? So, you know, kind of uh, failures uh, are what kind of show you, you know, what shows you uh, where you can improve and how you can go from here. I had a little bit of a hard time trying to find one that was really like 
you know, transformative, like one specific event that was that was transformative, but it made me kind of realize like, you know, when I first graduated in my first couple of years, uh, you know, working at a studio, working with clients, you know, working on projects that and probably my biggest mistake collectively is that I had a very visual led process. You know, I was a visual person. I loved, you know, all aspects of design and craft that brought it together. So when there was a challenge on the table, I would go to my strong suit, which was design and typography and, and layout and, and conceptuals, uh, concepts communicated, you know, visually. Uh, and what I found is that I was spending a ton of time and really pouring my heart and soul into things that I'd often see clients just kind of look at and say, you know, not for us, you know, move on to the next idea. You know, maybe you realize that I could use my time better, but it's probably a way to have the things I was creating be more impactful and just to stay, you know, on the table or in the running, you know, for, for longer. Um, yeah. So that kind of led my process to be more on a um, you know, kind of strategic and problem solving level outside the visuals to not try and solve, you know, every problem through design that some things are it might be a business challenge or a communication challenge that then trickles down to how you end up designing the solution to achieve that. Um, but really looking to you know, take a step back from the design process and uh, you know understand the things that impact design instead of just jumping right into you know, what's, I guess more of the, the tail end of the process, right? Which is kind of bringing something to life digitally. So that was probably the biggest thing that it took me a while to learn, and that's it. Probably the, uh, you know, a several, uh, a mistake over several years. Uh, that if, you know, if I had realized that earlier, maybe I, I would have had, uh, you know, some projects go different ways. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was kind of uh, definitely something that has shaped where and, and uh, you know, where I am now and how I, I approach projects now. Mm. Did you have a mentor or somebody that you can, um, when talk to about, um, you know, studying out, um, or is is it more more that's just something that you learn along the way? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was really fortunate to have some some great people that really helped me kind of uh, just show me where I can improve or be a sounding or you know have. The experience to um, you know, pass along some of their learnings. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that I'm, that are uh, are at the studio that you know I'm at now. Uh, I've been there since I've um, just since I graduated school. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the owners of the studio, um, and then uh, you know a lot of the team members there. Uh, there's a senior art director that hired me out of school, uh, Ben Whitland. He's he's been kind of a uh, you know, someone that, you know, is always at that next step in his, his career, you know, ahead of me and can provide that, like, hey, I you know, probably went through this at the same time you did. So has always been someone that's been there for you know, five questions or, you know, need project or career mm -hmm. or, you know, just an eye to kind of bounce design solutions off with. Yeah. He's, he's been amazing. And then uh, Chris Ford is the current owner of Pilot now, and he's been a really inf uh, influential kind of shaping my career and then, um, you know, a former owner of Pilot, uh, Bill Kincannon was, you know, you know, definitely shaped a lot of, you know, how I am as a designer now. So just, I've been lucky and there's been some really, uh, 
some really great people that have, you know, I wouldn't be you know, doing what I'm doing now if, if they hadn't kind of helped me and taken the time to you know, show me how to be a professional. Right. <laughs> how did you uh, get into the design industry? I don't know. I was, uh, see if I can find a short answer to this. <laughs> uh, we, we can take the long answer if you want. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so I got into skateboarding in like junior high, maybe. Uh, and I was really into uh, skateboard graphics and skateboard videos. And that kind of led me into, you know, snowboarding and again into, you know, snowboard videos and uh, apparel design and graphics and just kind of everything that went along, you know, with snowboarding really on kind of the visual and media side. Uh, and so I decided that, you know, I wanted to uh, make snowboard videos. Uh, so I wanted to, you know, do the my artist out of the school. I went to, um, I got into a program at for State and did, uh, you know, uh, probably a significant amount of time as a film major. And then just kind of realized that at the end of the day, when I was done with my classes, I was wanting to design like the title sequences it was more that I wanted to be out, you know, filming things. And I think I, by then I realized that, like, you know, I wasn't good enough at snowboarding, and I didn't really have any friends that were going to go pro. So, <laughs> film professional snowboard videos, and kind of need the, you know, the, the people around you to, to get noticed. So, sort of starting to realize that, you know, that dream probably was not going to very easily come come true for me. And at the same time, I was spending more of my free time designing t-shirts or. Um, uh, intro videos to, uh, or intro like title sequences to, you know, fictional snowboard videos and stuff like that. And I was like, no, maybe, maybe design is more, you know, kind of in my direction. Uh, so it was actually my, my senior year, I officially switched to a graphic design major. I had been taking a lot of classes mm-hmm. before that. And, uh, yeah, and then I was, I guess I was a designer ever since. Was it, um, it's so interesting to hear your story because it, it somehow related to me a little bit because I love playing soccer and I know for the fact that I cannot go pro, especially right now. So um, design definitely an outlet. And um, was it, I have a question, so was it a an easy decision for you to, um, uh, to say, um, I guess, what I'm trying to ask is that, um, do you did you get support from your from your family um, when you decided to go to college for a design um, art um, major? Yeah, I did. Uh, I consider myself super lucky because I've, I've had a very, very supportive family. Um, I got a lot of my uh, my talents from my mom. She was a photography major, a design major. Uh, has since gone on to design footwear and um, did packaging design at, at one point. It's just kind of been in the creative field, um, you know, her entire life. So uh, she was obviously very supportive of um, you know me going into anything in the you know the creative aspect. Uh, and my dad uh, as well always, you know, I think he just saw that it was something that I was you know really passionate about, uh, you know, and had a level of drive for it. So. Um, you know, they've both been extremely supportive and never, uh, mm. never really second guessed, you know, I guess where I wanted to go, you know, with my career. So, uh, I feel super thankful for that because I feel like that's not always the case with, um, you know, sometimes it'd be really tough, um, you know, get from other people that, 
my classmates around me or people that are coming out of school now and just how you, know, you have to deal with uh, perhaps some people not seeing the validity of a, a career uh, you know that they see as just you know, the arts right and I think when we look at design and um, you know a lot of other creative fields there there's so much more than just an artistic career and this strategy and this, and this business to them it's yeah way more um, there's much more that goes into it than it's just being something to do with art. Not that art is bad, but I think, you know, uh, art just sometimes gets a bad rap from people who think you can make a living. Uh, right. And it has to do with, you know, art or, or creative things. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, well, what you say is, um, resonate, I think, not only me, but Brad's as well. Yeah. Um, we, um, our backgrounds are, we basically just graduated from grad school with our graphic design degree um, two years ago um, and just, you know, started out um, um, and totally get what you said about how you try to navigate through um, on hardship, um, try to learn, try to improve and, um, you know, overcome all the challenges um, to get well, as of right now, we don't we don't know what's going to happen to um, us at, in terms of career yet. But um, for sure, it, it happens um, to you, and then um, and that's something that we definitely see you as a an inspiration um, to move forward with our choice. Um, and um, so, moving on. In terms of design process, um, you can be more specific about this, or you can just give us a broad answer, um, however comfortable you are about the question. But can you describe a little bit um, of your design process to us? Yeah, sure. So um, I think kind of we, we touched on the, the earlier question. My, my process kind of cool is very like you know, just dive into visuals, uh, learning how that becomes the most successful approach. Uh, and now my my process and kind of you know where I'm at in my career has definitely brought me more towards the beginning part of a project. So let's uh, uh, I'll use like a branding uh, job for example. But you know, when something like that comes into the studio and you know into our team, uh, it's really about kind of just understanding everything, understanding the industry, the clients, the audience that you're talking about. Uh, we call this our discovery phase. Uh, you know, like many other places do, and you know. It's, it's just really trying to understand all the things that can impact the project. Uh, is there kind of this, uh, is there underlying trends in the industry? Are there you know, pain, pain points for our, uh, our customers, for our audience? Um, really just spending some time there so that we can feel like the decisions that we make are rooted in, in our foundation and you know, aren't just on the aesthetic side. Uh, from there, then we use those, those insights and those um, you know, those kind of you know, pain points for our, our consumers and uh, we move into a strategy phase, which is you know, deciding about you know, how are we gonna you know, put action items to this? What are we gonna do um, you know, from a positioning standpoint and how is that gonna set us up for the messages that we communicate to the world, both in uh, the words that we use, the things that we say, how we might market the brand uh, to you know, the visuals and the more kind of um, aesthetic you know, communication of the brand. Once we feel like they have that strategy and that messaging down, then we get to you know dive in and have fun on the visual side. And by this time, we really set up for 
um, both internally in our own team, but then also with the client, everyone's kind of on the same page with the, why we're doing what we're doing. You have a little bit more of an expectation as to you know where we need to go uh, in the standing industry uh, on our team and on our client side. So uh, you know then we get to have fun design, you know, visual identity system logos and colors and um, illustrations or anything else that you know, brings the brand to life. Um, and they're just you know implementing it. So we design websites or we design packaging or retail experiences or uh, you know, any other touch point that the, the brand might go on. Yeah. yeah, kind of in a nutshell, I think to sum it up, it's just really about understanding, you know, what the challenges are, who you're designing for, and letting those, you know, then inform uh, a specific path, you know, a strategy as to how we're going to solve, you know, these challenges, and then using design to get us there to achieve that solution or to, uh, you know, help position the brand in a way that we uh, like. I see. And, so it does change, but for each project, but how, how so? Yeah, um, it definitely changes for every project. Uh, we have a you know, process for most types of work that come into the studio, but there's other aspects that might you know, uh, need us to adapt or, or change that process. And I think the, you know, the thing that we always try to keep in mind is that most of these organizations, these people, these companies that we work with, they are, they're a business entity, right? And there's a, a machine that is kind of driving that forward. Not in a, not in a bad way, but just in that, you know, a, a companies, all these kind of moving pieces that are basically making things happen. And us partnering with them, us working with them, we are you know, one kind of cog, you know, in that machine. So you kind of have to understand all the other pieces that are, are spinning at the same time right. so that you can be successful. So if, you know, there are some times where a branding job comes in and you may want to you know, go through our entire process, um, you know, everything from discovery to strategy to visual identity and really you know, take the time in each one of those you know, areas. But you know, the challenge from the client might be, you know, hey, I have you know, this impromptu business meeting in two weeks where I'm pitching something to you know, someone else. I know that we would like to you know, maybe go through the full Monty on this. We just don't have the time. You know, right. That's important. So those are kind of you know just the things you have to take into consideration. That you know if, if we don't adapt our process, we'll miss that timeline. And is that something that you know is possible? Is it does it make sense to say no? You know we can't adapt this process. We need this much time. Or is it really about kind of fitting the other you know spinning pieces of the business and. and doing the best work in the best places we can and leading when we need to lead, but also understanding that sometimes we are and, you know, really helping bring something to life when we're just playing one aspect in, in the larger kind of cool. yeah. So, uh, so it changes. I, I'm not really sure if I answered your question. No, 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 that was good. I, 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 I get it. Um, so you talked a little bit about it, but like, what if, what like obviously sometimes your client doesn't like your work or sometimes you know as you mentioned they have like a certain timeline for when a project needs to be done so how do you handle criticism from clients um and, and managing that yeah um let's see i think i think twofold um you know, trying to design a process that is going to minimize the unwanted criticism. Um, you know, a lot of times that criticism is, is 
maybe on how the project has unfolded or how you've, you've, you've gone about this. And it's probably from not either having a solid understanding of what you're trying to do, what the client needs, uh, and maybe not involving them in the process enough. So anything that we can do, um, really go into the discovery and strategy and being part and you know, having the client be part of that helps us you know, mitigate a lot of the things that when we were just more of a visual-led studio and visual that process that you kind of get in the middle of, you know, where a client would be like, why are we doing this? Or why did you guys choose this? We feel like more and more collectively coming to those answers together so that there's, there's more understanding and less kind of, you know, random criticism. And I think, you know, in doing that research, like every once in a while you get people at the table that maybe just want to, you know, be a voice and sometimes feel like you really have to speak up. Uh, or, you know, there's plenty of times where people have very valid criticism. I think, you know, as you've, gone through that process and you really feel like I've done my due diligence, I've done my homework, I know why we made these decisions, uh, it's a lot easier to sit there and listen to someone's you know, uh, critique because it's less personal uh, and you can kind of say, you know, this is why we made these decisions, let me show you the research, let me show you, you know, our strategy and how we've you know, adhered to that and brought that to life. Uh, and if we have a, you know, a challenge with that or if we feel like they were not heading direction and let's you know, take a step back and let's let's look at all of this uh, it becomes much less kind of a personal thing which i think that becomes really hard because you feel like someone might be attacking your work or the, the way you chose to solve the problem mm -hmm. uh, that's where a lot of designers you know myself included when um, you know when i was really uh, fresh in my career it would be tough to hear you know people have really harsh criticism about your work you know this isn't working or you know i hate the color blue or something right. you know what, what the hell uh, <laughs> but the more you're able to separate yourself from and kind of uh, one help mitigate you know any criticism you're going to get and then you know to realize that criticism you know it's part of the process of what it's what makes our work better and uh, as a studio and as a designer like our work and, and my work wouldn't be um you know, we're going to achieve the same things if we didn't have that input, you know, along the way. So it's just really about how you control that criticism by doing your homework and having a solid understanding as to why you've done something and not just have it be, you know, it looked nice or I thought this was cool or this looked pretty. You know, those aren't really defensible, um, you know, decisions. So it becomes really hard for them, you know, to take criticism on them because you really don't have any kind of... Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, what advice would you give to anyone who is in, who is just starting out in graphic design or interested in graphic design, or yeah. anyone like us, I guess? Yeah, I think uh, if I was going to give someone advice, it would be to learn as many things outside of graphic design you know, as possible, uh, specifically on the business end. Uh, really having an understanding for the other pieces that either you know, graphic design partners with or you know, sometimes serves to you know, really understand what their motivations are, the things that you know, drive their you know, field or craft you know, forward, their terminology. Um, you know, I think what's, what's great about design is that you know, people just have an uh, innate ability. You know, you know, it's not necessarily something that you have to go to school for and study, although that is you know, certainly great. And, and, helps in a lot of places, but you can also just pick up a computer and start designing. Uh, and if you, you use that time in education, uh, whether it's you know, through school or you're learning 
after school, but to learn those other things that are outside that are kind of tangential to design, then you're going to be much more successful in the work you do because you just have a greater understanding of how you kind of mesh you know, with the other disciplines and with the other aspects you know, of the business. Uh, and even whether that's other creative fields, so photography or you know, videography or illustration or anything that you know your work might sit alongside. If you can, you know, talk to a photographer about you know aperture and, and f-stop, really you know, photo shoot, or you know, looking to have photography kind of match your your design in a certain way, you can speak their language, uh, or you can speak to a marketer about you know, maybe how the what you're doing here supports the positioning, you know, of a brand and you're, you're speaking their language and then your work is going to be that much more successful because you're not asking people to kind of, you know, come to you and understand your rationale and terminology. You're taking your work, you know, to them. And that's going to be you know, something that just from a communication level is going to be uh, probably more successful because uh, people don't understand, you know, that aren't in design, they don't understand, you know, baseline grids and layouts and uh, hues and contrast and you know, all the things, all the terminology that you know we speak on a, a day-to-day you know, designer. Great. Yeah. I like how you say um, we should, as designers, we should speak the same language um, of other um, maybe industries or um, aspects of a business um, so that we can understand it more. Um, I guess the more we know, the better, um, and it would tremendously help um, us as designers move forward very quickly. Um, and so, let's say if you, um, um, we know that you um, you love design and, and you do everything design related, and sometimes you actually learn more, uh, adapt, you know, adapt more skills, uh, read books and all that. Um, seems like it's, it's a lot, it's too much. Um, and how do you manage, um, all the factors in your life that say, um, your finance, your dress, your, you know, how, how do you sleep, um, and time management, things like that. Could you share a little bit of that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd say time management is tough. It's it's taking me my entire career and will probably take me for my entire career thus far uh, and probably more time to really feel like I have my time management uh, down to a process uh, down to a science. Uh, but I think the, you know, probably the key is really understanding what are the important things, you know, right now. Uh, a lot of times I find myself I get excited about something, so there might be this you know idea, and maybe we're moving from the uh, strategy and messaging aspect to a project, you know, a project to you know to the visuals, and I might start just designing something, you know, and it's great capture on kind of this creative energy, these random sparks of you know, maybe inspiration that you have, uh, but sometimes you kind of you know, maybe spend an hour to you know working on something just because you felt really passionate or you know inspired by it. But you realize, like, hey, if I had used this time, it'd be a little differently. If I had thought about you know, what am I looking to achieve with this, you know, this design, this visual identity? We have the strategy that's looking to do X. How am I gonna, you know, uh, you know, 
create a concept or something that's going to achieve that versus you know perhaps just kind of going in and moving some things around you know on the page so uh, for me it's been about how you know what decisions do i need to make right now they're going to then you know set me up so that i'm not wasting my time or maybe not using my time as as efficiently uh, and that was something that was it was definitely really hard for me to learn and i'm still perfecting it uh, it's not something that i feel like i really have done with science but in the last couple of years, I felt like I've made a, you know, more strides in really being able to understand what is the important aspect of the project now. Let's solve that. Let's look into the future and see any things that could become challenges from a communication or, or a visual level. And is there any way we can solve those now so they don't become issues that are going to take up more time? You know? and, and so just kind of developing a little bit of that, you know, uh, that foresight into. Um, you know, the future of a project or maybe seeing where you want to go before you start going uh, can be a real time saver that, um, you know, means that you're hopefully uh, freeing up time elsewhere to sleep or to read or, you know, spend time with your family or to go snowboarding or, you know. Do you have, like, a system um, for yourself to time manage um, projects um, think, or anything in life? Um, for example, for me, um, to start of the day, um, I, I just write out things that I want to achieve today on a sticky note or something and then just go along that list, or, um, or how? Yeah, I, uh, I, I make a fair amount of lists. Um, my wife will often critique me for my list because sometimes they get off. <laughs> <laughs> I check off her thing and remember, but that's... Side conversation. <laughs> uh, I usually, you know, when it comes to like work things, I need to get done for the day. It's it's a list whether I write it or it's you know you know our, kind of, uh, our project management you know app that we use. Uh, but I often will sit down and kind of plan out. Okay, what do I need to do today, and what might be the smaller things that lead up to something else. And I'll try and you know just write those out because my mind will move a thousand miles a minute, and I get oh, distracted. Yeah. So if I you know, it might be something that uh, is so simple, like, you know, send this to so-and-so or ask the client about this, but I might, you know, I'll probably forget because I think something else are inspired by, by something. So I try and, you know, start my day with kind of understanding like, what do I need to get done today and what is that, um, you know, I need to do or achieve or get or ask somebody, you know, to get those things done and have those listed out before I, Great. Continue to work on it. Um, it uh, it's a it's a challenging um, it's a challenging task for me every day. Um, but it's fun. Yeah, it's not. It's, um, it's definitely not. You know, easy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what um. What does being creative mean to you? Um. Uh, yeah, do you, do you have like a single word to describe that or, mm. go ahead. Uh, I don't know. That's a philosophical question. Yeah, this, uh, is, I think this has stumped a lot of people here before, so don't worry about it. Uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess for me, and, and I guess this would just be for me, because I don't know if it pl applies to all creative people, but it's it's really about problem solving. 
I guess that's what I meant about being creative is that you can, there's often more than one way to get to a certain you know, endpoint or outcome or, you know, to solve a problem. And just for me personally, I really like finding what those solutions are. Uh, so for me, that's kind of you know, what being creative is. It's, you know, using design or messaging or you know, a larger strategy to you know, achieve something to solve a problem, whether it's a business need or a communication need or a, I don't know, like a procedural, you know, how are we going to solve the you know, process problem? Uh, uh, I guess for me, that's kind of what, what, what creativity is and maybe why I enjoy it, just the problem solving aspect. Definitely. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, Okay, so we getting there, Eric. <laughs> um, um, so we curious what you working on currently right now. Um, is there any side project that you are passionate about or that you would like to share? Um, or um, besides snowboarding, um, any anything else that you do um, that is fun and perhaps gives you give you more energy and um, joy in life? Yeah, uh, definitely. I got a, a few things and my my wife would be the first to say that I probably have more hobbies than I could uh, divert time to. So uh, I usually have a lot of things going on or that I'm trying to work on. Uh, maybe one of the like is just always having a different outlet to of express creativity in a different way. Uh, but some of the things that I guess I'm into right now is uh, I've been doing a lot of photography lately. Uh, I just got a drone, so I've been doing uh, a lot of, kind of coastal uh, drone photography, which I like because it just gets me out and exploring and seeing things from a different pr perspective. Um, I've also been really inspired lately to kind of take some of the things that um, you know I've learned from a branding and messaging and, and strategy process and some things that are going to um, you know, be useful uh, for other people. Uh, so, you know, trying to write, you know, whether it's articles or just you know, maybe thoughts about you know, certain practices. Um, I have a kind of a brand guide template that I've been slowly working on that um, was inspired by uh, one of my buddies, Dan, just kind of asking, like, hey, what do you usually put into a brand guide? And, and how do you usually go about that? Mm -hmm. Something that I've been working on with you know, the hopes of maybe releasing it out into the world. Great. Um, That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Uh, what? Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you hope to do someday in the future in your career? Or, I mean, I guess you, you've already done a lot, but if there's anything else. I don't know. Good question. Yeah. Uh, I think what I'm, I'm really interested in now uh, and what I hope to do more of is working with people to really get at the core of why they do what they do, uh, specifically on a, like a business level. Uh, it's been really, it's been really rewarding and, and um, I found a lot of enjoyment in kind of sitting down with people and trying to ask the questions to help them reach a, a deeper understanding of you know, what their business is or what it means to their customers and, and their audience uh, and helping them kind of articulate it in a way that you know, 
is effortless, but also really, you know, to the point, succinct, and, and impactful. Uh, and I, I didn't expect that would be something that kind of my design career, you know, would lead me to, or that, right. that you know, even graduating from school, I would, I would enjoy. Uh, but that's been something that I've, I've actually really been drawn to lately, and I, I hope to do more, you know, with that, because it's great to work with somebody who's, you know, as passionate about, you know, their business as you kind of are about helping them bring that business to life and really see right. like, when someone says like, I, you know, I never knew we, we could say it that way or I can't believe how you know, easy it is for me to talk about my business now. There's something like right. in the war. Uh, so that's probably where my, you know, focusing a lot of my interest as you know, my career moves forward. But uh, other than that, not really, not really sure. <laughs> no, no, that's a good answer. Um, we're going to, we're going to get a silly question now, though, um, where we ask all our guests here, what is your spirit animal and why? <laughs> uh, shit, um, I don't know if I want to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll probably make fun of me, but I feel like it's a seagull. Okay. Or a gull. Oh. Uh, they have a really bad rap, you know, as being this kind of you know, dirty bird. I don't feel uh, represents me, but what I do, <laughs> do relate to in a, a gull is that they seem to be one of the only birds that like that flies for fun. If you, uh, uh, if, uh, if you guys have gone down, um, you know, to the beach when we have like a storm, like there are the, you know, the remnants of a hurricane come through, you'll see the seagulls kind of just like hanging up in the wind. It seems to be. Uh, just floating with the with the gusts, which is it's interesting when all the other birds you know hide. There's these seagulls that are out just kind of enjoying this you know, this crazy weather that we're having. There's, there's something cool about that. Yeah, I grew up on so uh, you know the seagulls always kind of remind me of you know my childhood of being at the beach and enjoying the ocean and the salt air and stuff like that. And then you know, just kind of realizing that they seem to they have this cool ability of being able to fly. Right? Who doesn't, who doesn't want to fly? And then seem to be the only ones that are, I guess, badass enough to take that out uh, in the middle of a storm. So, yeah, uh, man. Uh, I don't know if that's a weird animal or just a <laughs> No, no, that's I, uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I love that, though. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure about you, Brett, but um, that's, that's a very, very, very interesting and amazing answer. Yeah, um, I like that. I, I, I love how you describe how you know, regardless of storm, you still see the seagulls uh, flying, and and that's just that's so cool. I never, I never noticed that. No, noticed that until you yeah. said it. Um, which is I'm gonna awesome. steal that now. That's my spirit yeah. animal now. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, copying, Brent. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, guilty. I guess here. Uh, I'm no, no, I'm, I'm not. Gonna. You guys can take it, and I'm just. I'm just wishful you know, <laughs> one day I'll reply and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm joking, of course. Um, and then lastly, uh, before we conclude, where can people find you online? Uh, let's see. So uh, I'm really bad about my online presence, but uh, I do have a website. Uh, it's just my first name and last name, uh, ericweikert.com. Uh, one day I will probably be better about updating that or you know, maybe trying to write things and, and put it on there. But I have a, 
I have a small uh, portfolio of work up there right now. Uh, and you know, my Instagram uh, under the same handle. Um, but I think, you know, probably uh, if you go to Pilot's you know, website, um, you know, that's where I, I work with, you know, an amazing team. Uh, and that's, you know, where most of my, my focus is. So, um, you know, the work up there is, you know, it's, it's not my work. It's, uh, you know, all the amazing people that, that work at Pilot, but you know, that's kind of, you know, what I feel like is probably the best any representation of, uh, I don't know, I guess myself is just the, the studio that I work at, right? Some great people and hopefully doing some cool stuff. But, uh, that's you know where my most of my focus is right now. So. You're also the co-founder of Bay State Design Shop, so that's another place to find you as well at Slack channel. Yeah, definitely. Shoot me a, shoot me a message. Sometimes I'm, I'm not always the most uh, quick person to reply back, but definitely, uh, you know, you, you can find me on there. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> well, um, Eric, this has been an amazing talk. Um, yep. and, um, we, we've learned a lot from you and, um, and your, ex your experience, your journey, uh, really, really inspiring. Um, and I hope that maybe one day in the future you you can you can become our advisor to consult <laughs> us with like oh yeah the podcast should focus more on this audience that would be awesome um, yep. and I hope that it will come true in the future um, so um, yeah uh, this has been amazing on that note um, I on behalf of Pixel Perfect team, I would like to say thank you so much for your time um, and for your time to chat with us. Um, we really enjoy our conversation for sure. And we hope that um, you will um, share the podcast with um, with your with your team, with your community. Um, and we also hope that our listeners enjoy our conversation as well. Um, and for those uh, listening right now, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Pixel Perfect Talk and visit our website at pixelperfect.blog for more information. Um, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, stay safe and healthy, everyone. Uh, my name is Andy Don, and my co host is Brett Duboff, and uh, we're signing off.